Okie dokie. whatsoever get this going on here hi mrs ryan hello hello go get everything situated here we're back everything look all right <laughs> look great I, I feel like it's been two weeks because even though we were back for one show last week i was totally out of it so yeah. i don't really feel that i was fully present nope but with that <laughs> welcome back today hi mrs ryan hello. welcome back everybody else tonight is tuesday july 23rd 2019 my name is jay ryan this is nicole ryan we are the ryans and this is it tonight's show this evening are you? almost took off <laughs> almost took off and that's a wonderful segue for our guest this evening um as I said before, there's no relation, but our guest tonight's name is Chuck Ryan Jr. Um, we're, he's very interesting. We don't know much about him, but we are very interested in the subject matter that he's here to discuss. NASA, space shuttles, uh, movies, um, all sorts of things, and he's very well-dressed. So we're going to get him in here in a few minutes. Until then, Mrs. Ryan, what has been going on with you? How are you? How's everything been? Let's catch up. It's been super busy. And for everyone that inquires about me, because I'm awesome and there's a lot. Just kidding. A lot of people. Um, I've switched levels of where I'm at with my MS stuff. And so just I'll let everyone know, you too. Uh, it's like having dyslexia, but for thoughts, not word, not letters. Yeah. So sometimes I literally think of an emotional thing and say that instead of the intellectual answer that I know is proper. Hmm. I understand all that. I would say sometimes it's almost as though they're uh, the dyslexia part. It's like if the answer to a question is yes, you want to say yes, you'll literally say like, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. (laughs) I thought she – it's confusing. It's hard to to wrap your head around. Luckily, I can translate it, but for other people who don't know you – Thankfully, that's why I like to have you around a lot. I make weird faces. You understand me better than anyone, even than myself. So. That's how it works. I've at least gotten to the place where I recognize that that's the disconnect now. So I just have to teach myself and train myself to not be let myself be dyslexic. Yeah, or at the same time, if it's that simple, then the people around you just have to realize that everything is binary and it may be the opposite one that she's saying. It's kind of a – everything needs to just slow down because I feel like if there's time to check in back and forth, everything gets figured out immediately in the moment, real time. Yeah. And everybody moves so swiftly these days and nobody's really listening and connections aren't actually made. Synapses aren't actually, you know – and, uh, and I think that people take away different parts because a lot of things were said and not, you know, whatever. If, if the whole process could just be slowed down, I feel like we'd all actually understand each other a little that's bit That's what more. I get Maybe out of... Maybe feel understood, which is probably really important for it's some It's really people. the important thing. And that's what medical cannabis does for me. So it slows everything down. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Which I mean, that makes sense. For a minute, for a while, it was confusing because it was different than my normal regular pace. Of, of taking in information, but yeah, it's it's helping mm. tremendously. Well, bravo. Bully for you. Bully for Mrs. Roar. So when I see everyone and I say weird things, <sighs> FYI. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going on. Ah, good for you. Uh, with, without being the official, what's going on? Yeah. I only have a couple things to get through today. Uh, I'm trying to think about the weekend. We should probably talk about the weekend. We did a lot of stuff. Yes. Um, Breakfast Club was great. I'm trying to remember it. It's almost a blur because of the rest of the weekend. What happened at Breakfast Club? Anything? I, remember I just remember nice there, it was such a nice day and there were familiar faces that showed up. We spent a lot of time outside. So that's yeah. really what I remember. It was awesomely casual and everything that we I wanted Breakfast Club to be. I think you too. Like, yeah. Really communal. You're right. Maybe that's what it was. There was some of the original OG, you know, Guards Rad was there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, what did we do on Saturday? I know we took it easy and we did some things around here. But Sunday, Sunday, we did the big 5C event over in Culver City that our friend Gurktu from Grandson Creative and his wife Christine from Mila Chocolates uh, put on over there in Culver City. 
great time, great spread, great group. Um, it was I, I really had a great neat. time. Yeah, it was really neat to see, and those gold chocolates that Christine made were incredible. Stunning, it was stunning. Nine Eleven. Ah, cool shit. Weekend. Well, that reminds me of something. You stay here, Mrs. Oh. Bryant. I've got to go to the fridge. Uh, no, you know what? I'll do it during the news. No, I got to be here for the news. Go you away. say something. I'll I'm be right back. Say something. Um, I want to thank everyone at Miller Chocolates and everyone who came out. It was a unique group that showed up, and it was so much fun. And those chocolates are incredible. So everyone, I hope, goes there. But so were those um, vegan cookies that didn't taste vegan. They tasted so good. There was chocolate and coconut and almond stuff in there. Christy was telling me all about them. They're pretty rad. But this You're pretty is rad. the piece de resistance. There were... Um, there were, yeah, the chocolate, the little gold chocolate 911s were fantastic that you're talking about. There were also prizes awarded. I forgot to mention, Yellow Car won a prize. We won a prize. Yeah, I know. And then they, look at this. Oh, cool. It's a, it's a big chocolate 911. For Neat. real. Isn't that awesome? It's actually Th- chocolate. That's so cool. Even the underside. I didn't know that till right now. Oh, wow. I thought it would just be, you know, isn't that neat? That's super neat. There you go. As Christine, God, <laughs> you are so good, so good. All right, um, you know what? While we're on the subject of viewer mail, here, I put the thing up. There we go. <laughs> uh, I did not mention the other day when Kevin uh, Lynch was here, our guest on Friday, Kevin Lynch. What a great show! Love what a great guy. guy. Can't wait to see you again, Kevin Lynch. Um, but he also bestowed us with a lovely gift. If there's one thing people who know Mrs. Ryan know she loves about Porsches, it's one thing. If you had to put it in one word, what would it be, Mrs. Ryan? Houndstooth. Houndstooth. <laughs> Ray Schaefer knows this very well. So does Kevin Lynch. Kevin Lynch gave us a lovely gift. This is like a desk pad type thing, you know, for your whatever. Um, this is real Pepita houndstooth fabric from Porsche. But it's got a little snaps, and then you got a little. And it's a little look at holder. That, a little dust tray. So cool, Kevin. Awesome. So thoughtful. Lovely. I love it. Maybe it's probably not how you're supposed to use it, but maybe it goes this way. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> we'll figure out how all this stuff works later. It's so pretty. But it's pretty exciting. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you thank to everybody. You. Thank you to Gertrude uh, uh, and everyone at Mila Chocolates, Servetica, Culver City, and uh, Renworks Stat as well sponsored that. Uh, Sasha from Porsche Beverly oh, Hills. Oh, cool. And uh, I think that's probably everybody. <laughs> Look forward like to the next be. one. Uh, all that stuff's out of the way. I only have one video to play today, oh, Mrs. Yeah. Ryan. And it's checking in with somebody we haven't seen in a while. May oh. give it away. Let us take a look behind. Awesome. Roll it. <laughs> Howdy, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Ryan. This is Kennel from Behind the Orange Curtain. We're near Pismo Beach, Morro Bay, that's Laguna Lake. Wave, Jennifer. There's Jennifer on Amigo, our friend Judy from New Jersey on Bubbles. There's Lewis, he's on Doc Holiday, and I'm on John Wayne. Yeehaw, ride. Four horsepower, four people, just not enough. Wow. All right. Well, a couple things there, Mrs. Ryan. One, I am pretty sure I'm going to have to go ask Paul Kennel for a version of that video without the music in it because it's going to get us kicked off YouTube. I thought that immediately. <laughs> it had uh, what sounded like the theme song to the Wild Wild West. Uh, or no, maybe Magnificent Seven. Does it sound familiar to you? Could you hear the music? Mag Seven is my well, Just a little bit. <laughs> He's so polite. He's being quiet. Our guest Chuck Ryan Jr. Um, anyway, there, horse riding. Who knew? Looked great. <laughs> love the auto kennels. Love you guys. I love the auto kennels. We had a great time with, uh, oh, that's who came too, wasn't it? Wasn't Paul Kramer there at Breakfast Club? No. Ah, shit. Where did we just see them too then? At auto kennel the week before. You really lost yeah, a week lost with a that week. tooth. Yeah, I lost a week with that tooth. <laughs> yanked a wisdom tooth yeah. last week. All right. Well, forget it. Uh, Mrs. Ryan, I'm fully <laughs> caught up. Segways aside, let's check in with the question that's on everyone's mind. What's going on, Mrs. Ryan? In the Netherlands, I did a story recently that this is kind of a part two to. Um, 
part in the Netherlands, they're really addressing loneliness in people. And so they've created a chat checkout. Wait a second. Is this where you had the uh, the hugging cows the other day? Therapy no, cows that was different. Okay. The, uh, London has chat oh, okay. benches now. Right. But that's part of the same uh, force of like... Get out there and talk to people. Oh, I see. Okay. And so this is in, commune with one another. This is in Get the off Netherlands. Your, your, your screen device, right? Yeah, and their whole thing with uh, they they do a coffee there for older people, and volunteers can come. They do in. a coffee. They do a gathering, oh, kind of like Breakfast Club. Like it's a place that exists currently. People go to, but we go there on to commune with friends and to meet people that are exactly all like why us. We go there. There's like, whatever. Um, so they started a coffee thing like this in the Netherlands, but they're expanding to say like, okay, checkout lines are typically rushed and fast and check out yourself and do all your own stuff. Grocery store. Grocery stores. Yep. But if you want to just slow down and have a chat with the person behind the, the register, they're offering it up. There's like signage that it, smiley face. And- basically they have a, so you've got the express line. We came up in the eighties and now we've got the slow, slow line. Down we're line. like, this is where the chatty guy who wants to write a check yep. goes. Wow! All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, whatever. It's, it's nice. It's I love paid it. By the hour. I love it. They're addressing loneliness everywhere. Yeah. Um, chickens There's and so tutus. People. I can't figure out how anyone's lonely. There's so many people on this planet. It's. I know. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just it's that's not something I've ever suffered from. Maybe being an only child, I was always had to spend time alone, and I just it's not ever been an issue. You know me. I, I, I don't deal well without some alone time. Yeah, you need it. I think other people are not as used to the amount of alone time they're getting, myself being an example. Okay. And so they're looking for opportunities to find like-minded people. Oh, sure. That More so than just like, yeah, if you go outside, throw a rock, like you can meet anybody you want. But like, it's kind of interesting. That's what I found the internet did. It found that it grouped all these like-minded people together, but now we've got all these pods of people that hate each other. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like we need to do the thing where you you don't agree with every single thing with someone because no one does. It doesn't work that way. You have to be able to accept one another's differences. And strengths, by the way, sometimes differences and what you see as a weakness might be their strength. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, not, it's not really up to you. I don't know. The whole thing. I can't stand everyone in everyone's business. <laughs> That's why I don't mind the alone time. Okie doke. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Ryan. <laughs> my own stuff i'm thinking i'm there's some people we know are going through some stuff right now and you know i'm talking to them as they go through it and uh and i think a lot of that is on my brain as some of the things you are bringing up because they they, this stuff applies to everyone yeah everyone i think that's what is trickling out that's what people are finding out it it affects everyone yeah all the same stuff. So finding we're something that you can We're all ta- broken. We're all perfect. We're all imperfect. It's- we're all figuring it out. So sometimes it helps to have people to figure stuff out with. That's it. So, yeah. I agree. Um, on that note, Ooh. Uh, personalized pet adornments are a thing on Instagram with chickens. Whoa. What? Chickens wear tutus on Instagram. It's becoming a thing. Oh. Um, and I'm supporting it only Little because- Little Yeti Seinfeld? So I could think of taking little Yeti Seinfeld for a walk. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think so. But people, people it, listen, there's this whole movement of like, don't eat them. So like, what do you do with them? And some people are making. Oh, so we're humanizing that we're making them not as edible by making them more cuddly and lovable. And yeah. So they're putting two. Like some people don't eat them. bunnies because they're cute. They're adorable. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's taking over Instagram and it just made my day because it's like cute dog pictures, but different. Yeah. There's like rainbow tutus and I'm pink out. tutus. I know you're out, awful. but <laughs> if you're looking for something cute to look at, check out chickens and tutus. Um, Eddie Murphy is going to do stand up again. Yeah. It's been a, such a long time. It's, well, we just watched, it's the only episode I think we watched, but we just watched the new, it's funny, I said Jerry Seinfeld, Little Gary Seinfeld. The new Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee just came out. The first episode is Mr. Eddie Murphy. And yeah. like everyone else, I watched that one the first day because Eddie Murphy. It's pretty incredible. Kind of royalty in the world that we come from, yeah. Yeah, well, apparently, uh, obviously, we're not alone. But, like, there's been... He just doesn't come out very often. The last time I saw him was the 40th anniversary of Saturday Night Live. That was four years ago. Yeah, and to me, that felt very hidden in Cloak and Dagger. Like, he was just there as part of something, not him. And he's awesome. I think it was the opposite. He was just there being himself. And everyone wanted him to, like, dance. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he... Yeah. Well... He's gonna. He's in talks with Netflix to do a series of specials. Yeah, that'd be great. And I'm excited about. Be it. Be very curious to hear what his voice is like these days. Yeah, 
Oh, I wonder what he's, where he's coming from. I mean, his, yeah, <laughs> he's lived a different life. What he's talking about? Yeah, than, yeah, yeah. Than he lived when he was doing stand up in the raw days. Yeah, he's a very different dude now. You're right. So he's going to be working his stuff awesome. out at clubs. Uh, I can't wait to see him. Agreed. And then lastly, oh, uh, for everyone that wants to feel old, oh, uh, Friends came out 25 day. years ago. Oh, jeez. And to commemorate it, Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, the L.A. Starbucks, like the localized one, is making six different beverages for every one for every Friends character, and you can buy uh, whole coffee beans there that are from the coffee place from the show. Central Perk. Yeah. Okay. They're branded. Oh, I see. I'm just I see. A, I'm a nerd. Not as branded. Okay, so they're coming out with the coffee for the thing, and they're selling it. At. I got you. Totally. I'm just That's such cute. a nerd I, for yeah, that show. Yeah. I think it's such a neat idea. I used to love the NBC store when I was a kid for the same yeah. reasons, because you could get the Central Perk mug back then, you know, the big bowl mug. Yeah. All that stuff. I'm a nerd, too. That's it? That's it. And that, Uh-oh, and that's been <laughs> What's Going On, Mrs. Ryan. You're awesome. Mrs. Ryan, we have been verbose today. We've been going very long, 15 minutes. Holy smokes. I know. I had to run and get my props here. Let us take a quick break. Time to get our guest, Chuck Ryan Jr. Do I say the junior every time? Is that part of it, or do you care? That's not necessary. Not necessary. Chuck Ryan will be in here in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about a lot of things, not necessarily from here. See you in a few minutes. More to come right after this. There we go. All right. There we go. With that, we are back. Hi there, Chuck. Hi, Mr. Ryan. Chuck Ryan, Mr. Ryan, Mr. Ryan. Mrs. Ryan. Hello. Mrs. Ryan, Mr. Ryan. That's <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, what was it, Oprah Uma thing from Letterman way back in the day. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a great pleasure to have you here today, Chuck Ryan. I don't really know exactly what we're going to talk about, and that's perhaps what I'm maybe more excited about. I know a little bit about you because you advanced some information and some materials. Um, and uh, certainly the subject matter of NASA is very interesting to me, certainly anything yeah. outside of... Um, where we're generally anything expanded outside the bubble that we all live in regularly uh i don't know where to start why don't you tell us a little bit about you i see your nasa pin right there and then uh, how you came to be here today well i i've had the privilege of working for nasa since i was 18 i've served uh, on eight different programs at three nasa centers uh, including i um, got to fly on the kuiper airborne observatory uh, at 20 it was a C-141 SP cargo plane that NASA retrofitted with a one-meter infrared telescope. And by flying uh, above the water vapor in the atmosphere, they can get a clearer infrared signal. And this telescope was responsible for uh, discovering the rings around the planet Uranus. No joke. Even uh, moving. At that, because you're outside, you can get a better image, even in motion. Yeah, the water va- vapor in the Earth's atmosphere absorbs infrared signal. So when you're that above that, you get a clear infrared signal. Right, but even the movement, it's still compensation-wise, it's even still is better. They have a, yes. There's wow. an air, the uh, the uh, telescope travels on an air bearing. It's so it's. You know, so and, it's not and affected by movement as much. Not that's exactly right, and. There's a star tracker system that can just lock in on a star. You're like, we're NASA. We know how to do this. Okay. <laughs> all right. My bad. Perhaps I'll just let you go for a little bit before I interject. By all means. And then um, uh, I worked uh, on uh, d- different things at Ames. Uh, this is totally unintentional. Forgive me to cut you off, but I, I happened to redo some stickers, and I just noticed that the NASA one's actually in the shot unintentionally. That's oh, excellent. That's gra- the excellent. branding is perfect awesome. and unintentional. Right. I'm going to say that you. that was your energy, Thank you. so well done. I'm done cutting you off, please. Uh, well, I, my first project was a research aircraft called the Quiet Short Hall Research Aircraft, which was the QSRA. We speak in acronyms, so you, you stop me if I start doing that. Um, and at some point, we, should, we are allowed to talk about all these things that we're talking absolutely. about. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and uh, when I was 18, I, I grew up in Michigan, in the, in the forest. I'm Where a woodland Michigan? creature. Uh, I, I grew up in the northern lower peninsula in a place called Grayling. Okay. Three stoplights don't blink canoeing capital of the world and i had the best childhood ever i wish every child could have a yeah a childhood like mine bucolic settings just everything just climbing trees and snowball fights and you know it's Sounds like, like a christmas story kind of oh i often say it's a cross between the uh, the 70s show and happy days with a little <laughs> dukes of hazard thrown in <laughs> I love all those shows. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I grew up with Duke's Hazard. That's great. But yeah, I uh, 
when I was 18, I bought a decrepit. I know you guys are car guys, so you'll like this. Sure. Triumph, a navy blue Triumph TR7. Okay. Just a beautiful car. Great. That's exactly right. (laughs) Great. I'm glad you said it. Stunning driving, but getting most unreliable car ever made by mankind. (laughs) Made a beautiful one ornament. So I, I, you know, I, I tell my, my parents are, you know, they didn't go to college and they're, and I had ADHD. I was lightning incarnate as a kid. Okay. Um, my poor Were you parents. medicated in any way? Or? No, my, pa- okay. my parents decided not to do that. Okay. Um, I don't know how my life would have turned out otherwise because it's a, it's a superpower and a yes. curse. So yes. if, if you, you harness, harness it, it, right, yes. that's, the, that's the key. So my poor parents, uh, my childhood was a matter of, Fleeing the country, being shot at by tanks, flying oh airplanes over my house, uh, uh, getting first at an Air Force base for getting too close to nuclear weapons. I mean, wow. I was all over the place. Wow. And my, I think my dad kind of liked it because he realized I wasn't going to do anything bad because I wanted to be an astronaut. Right. And, uh, and how early did that start? What the, what the heck gave you the I want to be an astronaut? I feel like everybody, every kid has it at some point, but I mean, what was it yes. for you because you actually... I'm a little different. Okay. I was born on as an orphan on Halloween of 1964, the day the first astronaut died in the line of duty. Was that the in the capsule fire? No, his name was Captain uh, Theodore Freeman, and he was flying a T-38 landing in Ellington outside of Houston. Gotcha. And you know, just a routine training flight, and uh, ran into a snow goose on final, and just uh, and can't predict it. One of those things. No, and. that's really why I'm here. Wow. I'm here for my NASA brothers and sisters. To, that's why I'm in Hollywood, is to, to tell our story, to tell well, a NASA story of our generation. But, but I, I also cut, cut a, I stepped on what is a, yeah. a very important story, it sounds, for you personally. An orphan on Halloween 1964. Obviously, those other things that happen historically are very important and significant, but back to you. I, I didn't know that until after I was at NASA, actually. Okay. Uh, you know, hey, what happened on the well, day of my birth? Well, there we go. That's you know? the hindsight 2020. Right, yeah. right. But... I was what they call a child of Apollo, uh, kids born in the midst of the space age the and the space age. race and, you know, the uh, awe-inspiring images of the Apollo program, mm. Apollo, Gemini, and Mercury. Uh, I, I was after Mercury. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. I, there was a dictionary that I would, that my parents had that had, the beginning of it was a pictorial representation of the space program. And I remember g- just being absorbed by that and getting to that and just looking through those images of those Gemini astronauts smiling. And I always said about astronauts, they're always smiling because they're, they're doing every kid's fantasy. Their, their lives are that. And that's literally living the dream, right? Living the dream. Exactly. I always thought it was partially, and this is the adult me. I always thought that partially it was also because they were all such, I mean, they were, they were the best of the best. They're the most uh, evolved of, of whatever, of mankind to have the body that can go do that work. And to me, it almost seemed like, um, well, I'm getting too deep here. Please go ahead. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's what I thought of NASA. That that is my idealism of what NASA was. Okay. So maybe we are aligned here. uh, Yes. Yes. I wanted NASA, you know, especially today, you know, in the civil war that's going on, everybody against everybody, and in your beginning monologue, I think the internet does have something to do with it, like you were saying, you know. Um, People are in uh, echo chambers now, and that's not healthy for anybody. And I looked at NASA as... people are in echo chambers? Well, they they get in these groups with like-minded... And it's just all subjects the bouncing back and that's right, exactly right, right. right. Yep. and no I external uh, influence yes and you know I, I'll admit you know I, I've watched more than my share of Star Trek <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, see that the reason I love that is because it's um, the idealism of peaceful exploration yes. and discovery yeah. yes. all mankind going together to the stars to find out what's what absolutely there was a there was a general uh, uh, the great equalizer was built into that factor. Right, Roddenberry. We're was all awesome. the same. We're exactly, all the same, just exactly. Hurling around space, and uh, that's really why I like NASA—the idea of NASA. And I think, as an orphan, you know, I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. Mm. I, I was born in California, but uh, grew up in Michigan, and you know, they treated me like an alien. Hey, he's from California. Yeah. We're all related in some way here. <laughs> it's muppets in space for me. Yeah. So you're Gonzo. 
it, yeah, and I was looking for where I belonged, and uh, I'm very idealistic, and I think the word swashbuckling romantic is what I really like. I'd like to be dashing. I don't know, you know, how dashing I am, but I would like to be dashing. Uh, so I, I went to NASA with this decrepit car against my parents' wishes um, with $300, and I had written That's a totally letter. That's totally a NASA engineer's car, by the way. Just, yeah, just yeah. to be clear, it yeah. totally is. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make it work. I'll yeah. figure out a way to make it work. You know I mean? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Three, tinker tinker uh, dream, you know. Three water pumps, three alternators. <laughs> I, 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 Stromberg carburetors. I, I took it while I was at NASA. I, I took it because it needed an engine rebuild once I got there. And nobody would work on the thing. So I, I went to the British-Italian guy. And during lunch... I go into the garage and it's between a Rolls Royce and a Ferrari 308. And I'm like, this, you you know, I'm sleeping in that car. So this isn't right, you know. And and that's what happened is I wrote a letter, just this duty felt letter. You know, I'll do anything. Uh, There was a letter waiting for me when I got to California. Sure. (laughs) You want to work for free? Sure. No kidding. And really, that's, that's the crux of it. I... When I got to NASA and I got my first NASA badge, which was, you know, the just, you know, over the moon at 18, you know. Nice pun. Uh, that was good. Yeah. Oh, I, that was not, <laughs> <laughs> accidental, sure. by the way. Good timing, too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I was there. And, and the, um, the thing of it was is NASA has, was in the midst of so many hiring freezes and budget cuts and lack of uh, you know, nobody knew what NASA was doing, Whoa. that they needed people. So she's like, hey, this letter is really cool. I'll, I'll forward this to engineers. And I could choose where I wanted to work at that point. Wow. And Simply because of rad. your initiative? Yeah, they needed people. Right. You know? The other people they were having to drum up and recruit, and you were actually saying, hey, I want to play. Wow. Absolutely. Holy smokes. And Good for you. Good for you. That's I had $300 uh, to get here. And I'm like, I'll sleep in my car. I, I don't care. Because Silicon Valley, even then, was kind of, you know, not what it is now, of course. But it's aspirational. Right? Is it aspirational? Am I off? Uh, never mind. No, no, no. I don't, I don't know. Is it aspirational to live there it back did, then well, at that time frame? I, I went there because that's where I was from. And, and my house, my uh, first house, was in, at the end of the Ames runway. So my parents, my dad was 20 years Navy. He had lied about his age to go into the World lied, War II the lied, last year. Yeah, lied older to go. Yeah, yes, he was yes. underage, yeah. Uh, did 20 years Navy uh, on a carrier. And oh I got goodness. that sense of duty from him. And, that and I ethic. thank my dad for that. And uh, I, I was, wanted to serve. It, was it the work ethic or the, the, the uh, sense of service? Sense of service. Okay. And uh, so I, I, I got to California and I went to went to work slept in the car and i was i I loved it you know i was just happy as a client when you're 18 you can get away with that kind yeah of thing, you know that's about it and uh oh but uh ames i went there because that's where i was from and i wanted to go to college and uh cool so but the more i worked at nasa the less i went to school and i got picked <laughs> up uh as a paid nasa employee with the kuiper airborne observatory I just went out there. I, I said to myself, that is so cool. I'm working on that. And I went out there every day oh, in a suit. And until finally the guy is like, I, I'm just going to hire you because I can't have you showing up here every day in right. a suit. So. You're going to be here every day. My liability is at stake here. Yeah. i got to handle this. <laughs> and they issued me flight suits and jackets. I'm 20. My name, my NASA nameplate. And, it, you know, I, I just. And you're just. Taking I grew it up all at in. NASA. You're taking it all in at this point. I, I was so gung ho at that just point. Just a kid sponging it all in. Yes, and and how old were you at this point? I was twenty when I got my flight jacket, and I found a NASA that was beleaguered, and I found that that was my like branch of the military, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Except for for you know the mindless or the senseless killing back and forth that has gone on throughout history, I wanted to be part of this. And I was on board. Yeah. And then uh, Challenger happened. And I was, I was at Ames at that point. Oh, my Lord. And it just reinvigorated my... Was that 86? Yes. 86. My... Uh, it, I mean, they were our NASA family. 
and and it is kind of like a family and and I just found where I belonged and and uh, I wanted to do something to help in any way I could. So I transferred. Uh, I also worked on the wind tunnel there and a little bit of Sophia, which was the replacement to the Kuiper, which is a 747 with a 10-foot infrared diameter telescope. So I went to Cal Poly. My branch chief went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. So I went down there to uh, study astronautical engineering. And uh, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, it, it is rocket science, as I right. say. Quite literally. Uh, but in the summers, instead of going back to Ames, I thought, well, I, I really want to be a part of the manned space program. Mm. So instead of going back to pay for pay at Ames, I decided to go and volunteer and do my same trick I, 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 that worked yes. before yes. to get Continue into the Johnson Space Center. Right. So I went to the Johnson Space Center, and the beauty of volunteering was back then was you could choose where you wanted to work. And, of course, I chose the Lunar Mars Exploration Office Planet Surface Systems. And it was on the 20th anniversary of Apollo 11. Oh, wow. And we, just the other day, just, was the 50th. Week, yeah. So uh, I got to write three sections of the annual report to Congress having to do with the, the base sites. Uh, and it was, uh, uh, and they said, Chuck, uh, uh, come back again, join us again next summer and, and we'll even pay you this time. Mm. And as I left, uh, I saw a familiar face in the hall and I, I didn't want to, you know, be too, you know, fan. Really familiar face. Yes. And I, so I just said, Hey, <laughs> and he said, Hey, it was Buzz Aldrin. Oh boy. If there ever was an astronaut, I'd like to meet. Oh, he was cool. And, and I actually have pictures with him, but that, that's later. Fantastic. So the next summer, I went down there again, but their budget had been cut for Lunar Mars. And that was 80. I worked there in 89, so it was 90. And my branch chief just said, hey, the usual happened. We're not doing that now. My advice to you is to work on something that's closer, more attainable. Okay. So I went to work for the space station program office. Is that office. somebody telling you to have smaller goals? <laughs> that's like a weird. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's you know, like what? Uh, don't work on something that's going to get canceled. Basically, oh, is I what see. he's okay, saying. That makes sense. Just so future proofing your ha- efforts. Exactly. Okay. So I went for, to work for the space station program office, and students don't usually work at the program level. But I was volunteering again, so you also uh, had way more qualifications and work history than you're supposed to at this yeah. point because it, of all of this volunteering, right? Was right. On the wall stuff. And so I had to have a. I worked at Stop and Go on the graveyard shift to allow me to, to the work there. Store? That's the convenience store. Yeah, yeah it's oh, like 7-Eleven okay. in, in Texas. Okay. <laughs> and and uh, I, I should mention at this point, there was a bar called the Outpost Tavern. And uh, the astronaut that went to my school, his name is Robert Hoot Gibson. Hoot was his call sign, you know. Sure. And he is the coolest astronaut uh, the shuttle, coolest shuttle astronaut you'll meet. Really? How yeah. Cool. And in fact, when he left the astronaut office, he went to work for Southwest as a pilot. Uh. <laughs> so, hey, hello. Uh, I you definitely know. like that guy. Yeah. Very cool guy. And, uh, and his wife was also an astronaut. They were both single when they got to the astronaut corps. Uh, she, he was the test pilot, naval aviator. Okay. And she was the uh, PH, uh, MD, you know, the medical doctor. And one of the, but you this know, sounds straight beautiful. Out of a, it sounds a, a Top Gun. There, yeah. There's you a lot I mean? of that like in there, yeah. you know, especially when you work with you research got the ace pilot, and then you get the doctor. Was, you know, yeah, right, romance. right, yeah. romance ensues. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we like that. I, I, I used to be what I called an arrow bigot because <laughs> because uh, you know I, I'm a pilot and worked at NASA and studied aero engineering and you put all those things together and. But then I started meeting other arrows, and not all of them are pilots. And so. so so there is that going on, you know, a little bit. Okay. Um, but there, there's that here in Hollywood, too. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. Uh, so I went to, you know, Space Station. That was cool. And the next summer, I, I'm like, you know, I, I, you know, working two jobs like that is, you know, I mean, I'd work there anyway. You know, I, I was never... Uh, Money was never my focus, my, my friend tells me, which is very true. I, I'm all heart, you know. Yeah. Sounds familiar. So uh, I wrote a letter to Gene Kranz, who was a, um, he's, 
if you've seen Apollo 13, failure is not an option. That He's guy. that guy. Except that he didn't say that. That's Hollywood. And I wrote a letter. I'm like, look, you know, I've, I've worked at NASA. On <laughs> yeah. And he, they, they just, you know, they just brought me in now, uh, at that point as an intern. Okay. And I worked in Mission Control, Ooh. which is very cool. Wow. And at this point, I had decided I, it, it is up to my generation to carry the, you know, uh, carry the Apollo torch okay. from our Apollo heroes, you okay. know, to be past the torch. And we can't drop it. We just can't. They, they risked and sacrificed that, too mean? much. Man, manned space uh, exploration? Yes. Yes, yes, manned. Okay. And so I, we are not, we're just only recently starting to do again, right? Uh, we're there grounded. There's a number of years where we were not putting men anywhere. Right. And we're grounded right now. Okay. D- don't, don't kid yourself. The United States space program, manned space program, is, ca- is grounded. We have to pay the Russians to take our American cosmonauts to the space station. Uh, very few people oh, yeah, realize that. Deadhead with the Russians up yeah, to the. Yeah. yeah. In, in fact, I just saw the X Men movie because I love the X Men. You know, they're orphans, and I have I oh, identify with that. Uh, but they had a shuttle mission, and it was in the Endeavor. I saw the Endeavor being built, by the way. I named it. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> My school was one of those ones. Oh, oh, really? Way back when, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Uh, but you know, people will see the shuttle flying, and so many people think the shuttle is still flying. They still think that we. Do have a manned space program, and we don't. The last time I saw it fly was 2011, something like that. Whenever 12, whenever it was, whatever okay. year it was, where they piggybacked it to get it here, the one that's here. I think that was it's the Endeavor, I believe. 13. 13 okay, I'm whatever thinking. that was. That's the yes. last time I saw it out the window. Right, right. First and first and last. So, so what I did is, uh, I was very gung ho. But and your point is that that is not flying. There's not flying. We are they're not in, flying. They're in museums now. Uh, those, those yes, shuttles. yes. Prematurely retired, but I'll get to that. Ooh. So this I may created be a two-parter. Yeah. <laughs> so so I created this group called Support and Promotion for the Activities of NASA, and I wanted us to be like NASA Special Forces. You know, we would get out there, do outreach and education, and do small engineering projects that NASA wanted to do but didn't have funding for. Wow. Our first little project mushroomed out of control. Uh. And then a phrase that should never be said was uh, was uttered, and that is, "How hard can it be?" Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, the, the shuttle is just a structure, and we're engineers, kind of, you know. And and then we started building this thing, and uh, we went and saw the Endeavor being built, and then my team probably looked at me, and I'm like, "Well." It's a little hard because Endeavor was laid out over acres of hangar space okay. in pieces. Where? Uh, that was Palmdale. Really? In the Mojave so they Desert. they build it out here? Okay. They, that's oh. where they assemble it, yes. Okay. And refurbish it. Wow. And where I was aboard the, the space shuttle. Mojave, the Edwards? Is that where? Yeah. Wow, yes. no kidding. That's so neat to me. I didn't realize that. So we started building the shuttle, and the university didn't like it. They're like, why is this monster being assembled at the arrow hangar and we don't know anything about it and there are deliveries the news was up there all the time and there was you know every college story has to have an evil dean you know that just has to has to happen <laughs> i've seen old school and our house we got a house eventually we rented a house for the spanners and I called it the Spanimal House because uh, I was just a little say, rambunctious, the, you know. I, it was one of the two movies I was going to reference. I figured <laughs> I'd go with the one that was slightly more current, but of course, the House is the big one. Yeah, well, yeah. Double secret probation. And we, we, yes, yes. So this dean didn't like it. Move it off campus, and you he know. So okay, so he's, he can't squash the project, but he can kick you out, out yeah, of space. Yeah, he didn't think I could get it moved in time, so he wanted to just. Got but it. Uh, you know, I have a knack, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got it off in time some farmer some uh uh no nonsense farmer this doesn't amount to hill of beans what that guy is saying just don't worry and you know his tractors and he moved us to this and it moved a bunch of times it was we were building in front of a, a space shuttle we actually had a cargo bay at one time we did a seven-day mission simulation at cal poly this is unbelievable. and uh then i kind of became a little lost because I figured I was past the point of no return, and, I, and so much had gone into it at that point, I figured, that I, I didn't want to stop. Mm-hmm. But there was no purpose. The, the original purpose was pie-in-the-sky idealism. Mm-hmm. And 
when during one of the moves, it was uh, lifted by a crane. The flight deck flipped off and crashed, and there were so many dimensional flaws. The thing needed to be built from scratch, and I'm like, "Well, I, what, what am I doing?" And at that point, I it was in Santa Maria, California, on this vacant lot that we had gotten with a double wide modular building that wasn't hooked up to electricity <laughs> and water. My and goodness gracious! So. I got a call one day from the uh, fire department, fire rescue team at NASA's Kennedy Space Center. And they said, quote, Chuck, we, we heard about this thing. We need it. Chuck, your country needs you. NASA needs you. Build it for us. I mean, this is if right out of there, the movies, right? If there's one thing that they shouldn't have said to me, that was it. Because that was it. That's what I was looking for. The, the, you wanted the strength to, the romantic to carry on, right? cause, exactly. And that was it. This is right out of the movie, right? Yeah. It sounds it. So I, I, I was working. We had a span shirt. Our logo was a crescent moon with a shuttle silhouette passing in front of it and a NASA red vector. And we, I had the shirt, but I would wear jeans working. And I'm like, no, this doesn't work. Things have to be changed. It's, offic- you know, it's officially unofficial now. So... I had BDUs made with the shuttle program patch, basically a uniform. And the shuttle's name at that point was the Resolution. Before but when, I got a hold of it. But when they called, <laughs> when they called, uh, I, I added an exclamation mark to the name. Oh. So it's, you know, so. So we both changed, and that was it. The mission was on. And uh, a week after they called me, it was a firefighter that called me. Then the captain called me and said, we heard about this, but we can't officially tell you to build NASA a space shuttle. But we do want to need it. So if you get it done and get it to us, we'll use it. I'm like, sounds like Mission Impossible. Yeah. It is. I'm like, all right. Because basically he's like, if anything goes wrong or you get hurt, we're going to disavow all involvement in your actions for liability actions. Exactly. Yeah. Plus, we don't even want to affiliate ourselves with the fact that this is being done. But once it's done and it works, we'll yes. take it. Yeah, yes. Sure. It's Tomorrowland. And right. I, it was so romantic. And that's exactly what I wanted. I know. You and me are the all heart. I know. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you do? I Full got bore. to work. Full bore. Full bore. Uh, and remember, NASA has crew compartment trainers at the Johnson, had at the Johnson Space Center in Houston. They take dozens of highly skilled individuals, two years, and one to two million tax dollars to build. These because are simulators? Not simulators. No, no, it's a mock-up and trainer. Okay. It's like a two-story building that can rotate into launch configuration, which okay. in that case is three stories high. And Wow. Yeah. The, one student alone, no money, on the wrong side of the continent, living off-grid. And then, of course, what happens in California – Another housing development was coming in, and I had to move it. And it's oh, you lost your space again. Again, everything must go. So I ran across <laughs> the street to the ranchero farmer, and I'm like, "Hey, do you mind if I build my shuttle on your farm?" Yeah. And, and, he, and he was like, "Yeah, sure." This is the fucking astronaut. No, yeah. no it, I the was Billy just going to say that. Yeah, that came out during that time, which was a very odd coincidence. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just want to say, many Americans. Would not help somebody in this case. But these rancheros were the coolest people. And not only did they not care about liability, they loved the project. And so I lived with these, you know, with the, the, the rancheros playing Vicente Fernandez music. And uh, many of them were migrants. And I would buzz them in a plane with Bart Simpson on the tail when they're in their tractors on the field. And it's like this old... Old world barnstorming story. Yeah, you're you living know. in another time. It, it, and we without did. Without a doubt, yeah. It, you're describing another yeah, time. Yes. I, I didn't ex- this project didn't exist in normal society. I, and, I, and it was weird uh, reassimilating with society after the project. But so, and fortunately, there was a railroad spur there. And I'm like, how do I get it? How do I get this two story building to NASA? And the answer was rail in three building-sized pieces that overhung the rail car. I contacted the railroad, and I said, hey, you know, do, you know we're, I'm a student. You, you mind transporting this, uh, you know, for gratis, <laughs> you know? And he's like, oh, sure, we'll work it out. Send me the dimensions and on the rail car. I'm like, okay. 
I get a call from him, and he's like, what the hell are you talking about? You're building us a full-sized shuttle? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, there's no way. No, no, no. We, that, that's going to be expensive. It he has to go. He liability either. No, he didn't either. It, it, it had to go as a high-wide, uh, routed, special rail traffic. To Long distance. The entire Long continent. Long distance, yeah. Entire continent. <laughs> but then the, the east side <laughs> of the railroad. The the, yeah. <laughs> the east side of the railroad called me, and they said, there's no way. It's not going. If you even attempt to send it, we'll turn it back at the Mississippi. Wow. They won't receive it. Even if you get it in route. Well, they, they saw NASA it. as the destination. I think they wanted more money. I, I don't know, but they said no. Or some money. So that was that. So what? What do you mean that was that? I sent it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we're getting to it. Yeah. So for three months... I, I went with my, my, my best friends from uh, – I have two best friends on the project. Uh, the one is my NASA cohort. You know, uh, he was born in India, one of the greatest guys you'll ever meet uh, and worked at NASA. your engineering partner, essentially? Yes, yes. Yeah. We met at Cal Poly. We were just gung-ho together. And he did DeLorean. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So in the, in the screenplay, I, I have – you know, me and my decrepit TR7. He was driving a DeLorean at the time. So you guys are in a TR7 and a DeLorean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The two of the, at the time, two of the most unreliable cars on the yeah, history yes, of the yes. planet. The entire planet. Each had at personalized NASA, NASA plates. <laughs> <laughs> so Geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> I love it now, but yeah, I'm just yeah. thinking in the time. <laughs> right, hot, right. I mean, That's DeLorean did not have a good rap at the no, time. No, no. They were both crazy bad yeah yeah so and everyone else at nasa is driving a fucking corvette <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, this is like I, every movie i've seen I, the, the the ranch was sold by the way so oh, i had to move it move prematurely again. uh so i get you it loaded s- ship it yes send it prematurely. Yes. okay because it wasn't quite done yet <laughs> so the the the, the farm is going to be bulldozed and I had made friends with the farm dog, which was a, uh, a black, uh, black German shepherd. And I thought they, his name was Lucky. And I'm like, that dog isn't Lucky because it was in this pen. Nobody would walk it, you know. And I, so I called him Sin Suerte without luck. Ah. Yeah. And, and my catchphrase for the whole project was whenever somebody came to visit me, I would say, Bienvenido a mi infierno, which is welcome to my hell. Uh. And I met this girl, my, my other best friend I grew up with on the project, lived in Utah. He is eight nice, he's a nice uh, Mormon boy with eight kids. Oh. But he, you know, we grew up in Michigan together. But when you were orphans, were you at a, something together or just when you were children you met? Uh, no, I was adopted friends. and... Uh, uh, no, we just met in Michigan. We grew up together. <laughs> Writing Annie too in my head. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I met this girl. She was Mormon also, and I, I was Mormon finally All-Stars. swept away. You know, the happily ever after, and and she was this enigmatic, intelligent siren. And the funny thing is, is our lives as we after we finally met. We realized that our lives had been a double helix all along. Yep, sounds familiar. She had been. I can tell you the rest of the story. Yeah. How she, many times were we in the same place? Yeah, yeah. Literally. Uh, uh, no, uh, really? So many times. So many people. So many events. So many concerts. So many work events. Different yeah. Places in the country. Different places. Yeah, you know. Yes. Born in the Bay Area together. Uh, she was in Mojave. You know when same I time. when we went down there, she was. Her dad worked in Mission Control. Uh, so she lived in Clear Lake City yeah. in Houston and then Santa Maria. And then after, when the shuttle was moving, she moved to Utah. I went to Utah, completely coincidental. And I'll, I'll skip Meanwhile, this past. is clearly meant to be. I'm with you. She, her friend, I, I moved to Minneapolis after the shuttle uh, program. My girlfriend, it turns out, went to middle school with her in California, <laughs> in Minneapolis. <laughs> So, yeah, I want to hear you guys' story, too. But uh, So, anyway, so I, I send this thing. I go there. Uh, it takes three months. And I thought I would just rush down to Louisiana, to the Mississippi, and talk my way through. And I would, you know, plot it as it went across the United States. Sure. It went right across, sailing across the Mississippi. They didn't notice it. 
Uh, it went through the shuttle launch complex, Slick 6 at Vandenberg, went through L.A., went through Houston, and got to NASA in Florida. So I rushed down there uh, in a car that blew up. I had to hitchhike in the middle of Wyoming, and I had a pizza box made that said NASA Houston, and that was in the back of the car just for the heck of it. So I'm, like, using that to hitchhike. And I gave the car to some record guy. There's smoke billowing out of it. A, se- it. a semi pulls over. <laughs> I'm like, where are you headed? He's like, I'm headed to Houston. And I was really just trying to get to the next town to get a rental car. To eventually get to Houston. Yeah. So I'm like, I have, I had, for three months in Utah, I'd built the seats and the 1,000 toggle switches that go into the shuttle at an aerospace company. And that's what happened was hundreds of companies stepped up and donated material equipment and services i would call them like i'm the building again. and it was it was beautiful the way people stepped up mm-hmm. and it really because showed me in what you were doing they, they completely believed in what i was doing and they wanted to be a part of nasa somehow mm-hmm. and that's what was great about apollo is everybody was a part of it somehow the whole country was behind it it was it, it, it was and then when we landed the whole world stopped and looked at something positive we did wow and so anyway, so back to the resolution. The, the resolution gets to NASA. <laughs> I get to Houston. I, I get a call from the transportation guy. Chuck, I'm sorry, but some cu- train accidentally hooked up to it and took your shuttle up to to uh, Tampa. Not Tampa, but uh, but elsewhere, north in Florida. And I'm like, how do you lose a shuttle? And I, right, I so would, it made it to the destination, and then yeah. they sent it up to Sarasota or wherever by accident. And, and I finally get to Houston again, and I wanted to be happy. And, and how do you lose a shuttle? So I, I, I ripped the guy a new Seventh Planet. I, I feel really bad Uranus. about that. Uranus. It's a NASA but, joke. Yeah. Space yeah, joke. Yeah. So he's like, Chuck, I'll, I'll, we're going to get it back. We're going to get it in the center. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, all right. So I, I, I get to Houston or to Florida. Which is a whole other animal. The, the opposite of the cold and windy dust storms, you know, humid alligators. And uh, the shuttle gets, gets to NASA the day before the return to flight after Columbia. Mm-hmm. And I, had my, I was working on mine and had been in Columbia getting dimensions for the resolution. I watched that one live. It was the reentry, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and I had kept on tape on my watch, which they wrap your watch in when you go aboard the orbiter in your, in your bunny suit. And I, rem- I, I remember being in the flight deck of mine, remembering the position I was in in Columbia. And then again, seven other brothers and sisters that uh, made the ultimate sacrifice and died in the line of duty. So it, there was no failure not, not even not an option. It wasn't even a thought. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that return to flight after that, you know, uh, the ret- they called it the return to flight mission. Yeah. That shuttle launched and another entered. And the resolution was not only taken into NASA Kennedy, but it was the railroad goes through what they call the controlled access area, which is the separate barbed wire fence that surrounds the vehicle assembly building and the orbiter processing facilities, which are the shuttle hangars, basically. This is where it is before they take it on that long trek to the launch pad? Yes. Okay. And by coincidence, solid rocket booster segments were coming from Utah, from Thiokol, and they hooked the resolution up to the solid rocket booster segments, took it through the shuttle fleet, and for one brief moment, the resolution was the only other shuttle to be amongst the fleet at Kennedy. Wow. Mission accomplished. Right. Briefly. (laughs) They had the understanding that we had to take it off center to finish it, which is fine, and we had a police escort, which was... Blocked traffic at NASA and three segments. It went off. We and, and it moved a couple times again until finally it was like in this undeveloped swamp area where I had so I had to get solar panels out there and literally was swimming with alligators to keep from having heat stroke. In, in the beginning, that first night on the what I call the swamp site, I, I as the sun sets, I look at the 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 sheen on the lake. And I could see all the trails from all the alligators in it. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to be able to swim in there, obviously. Right. But as time went on and, 
you're hotter and hotter. Well, you, you stick your feet in and then back out. And then, then you wade to the knees and you get out. And, yeah. and I, I scuba dive, so I had a dive knife and fins and a mask. And I'm like, I'm top of the food chain on this planet. Why am I afraid of them? Prehistoric. <laughs> So, so I, I end. We're expanding out here. Can we? We do. We're running out of. Oh, I, I'm I sorry. Get, I'm sorry. No, no. I'm it's sorry. for your sake. I, I want to make sure we encapsulate sure, sure, this sure. stuff and well, get to what you we know, want to talk about. Uh, sure. Uh, Less so, gators, more shuttle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no disrespect. I'm oh, totally no, no. kidding. I'm totally kidding. The, the the book which I wrote on an Indian reservation in South Dakota is 440 pages. Now Condensing that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is difficult. The story is already very big, and we're not even. Well, Tropical Storm Fay came sailed toward NASA like a warship. It, it anchored over NASA for four days, nights. They closed the center. And in flashes of lightning, waves crashed over the shuttle in a maritime-like tragedy because the lake overflowed its banks. And Come on. Yes. But that wasn't the cannonball. Salvage that, title. Yeah. That, that wasn't the cannonball that sank the ship. Really? It no. got flooded and that didn't do it? <clears throat> that, that didn't do it. Okay. The mission was canceled. A new president came in prematurely ended the shuttle program and canceled the replacement program also there's that's a, what i remember from the, armageddon in the movies there was always a replacement shuttle program a new manned whatever something or other so at the finish line the pro, the program the mission was canceled okay i didn't stand alone in this i stand side by side with my nasa brothers and sisters in frustration and discussed over this because this has been happening decade over decade. What tens of thousands of NASA engineers and scientists spend decades with tens of billions of tax dollars just to have their work canceled, and it's got to stop. So that's what I was going to say. Is the argument the the the? It's, it's almost like wasted potential where we we put all these efforts and all this work Absolutely. into something, and now you just pull the rug out. Absolutely, okay. we did not fail. The country failed NASA right. again. And it's well, got to stop. It's business, right? I mean, it's, it's, well, it's just... That's why I'm here. I'm here for my NASA brothers and sisters to tell a NASA story of our generation and to, and to show the American public what's been happening for 48 years. Okay. They canceled three Apollos. The assured crew return vehicle. The space Station Freedom was drastically changed. Constellation program was canceled. The shuttle program was prematurely ended. It's got to stop. We're going nowhere. We're, we're at Mach 25 in circles. So it's got to end. So that's, I feel that that's everything. These it's days. like Robert Zubrin, who's a, a space advocate, says what's been going on is it's been a uh, financial distribution philosophy rather than a goal-driven philosophy. And I completely agree with that. Yeah. So that's why I'm here. <clears throat> I mean, again, that's what I was saying. It's business. It, it seems to be run as a business like the rest of the country. And it, it, it's one of those things where you, you're not going to win every time. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that you should. I, th I think what you're doing is fantastic. And let me know how I can help. I'm on board. But it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, I can't tell you how many jobs I've had the job, you know, the, the plug get pulled Same, at the end. Yeah. And certainly not as many hours involved as yours and how much lifetime, man, you know, efforts, your, your, your livelihood involved. Well, there are lives, too. We, people have given their lives to the sure. peaceful discovery and exploration That's of space, important. and their memory should not be – their memory and sacrifice should be remembered. Yeah. So I believe what the solution to this problem is is to have NASA removed from the executive branch of the federal government and placed in the hands of what we call a decadal survey, which is a, a panel of scientists and engineers that meets once every decade, and with the consensus of academia, universities, mm -hmm. and the, the experts, they decide what – and how NASA is going to do what they're going to do. What's Congress the would, would still determine how much the budget, the NASA budget is, but the why and the how cannot be in the hands of politicians. They simply do not have the sophistication to make those decisions. They just don't. You don't want no. them doing brain surgery on people. You don't want them telling NASA what to do. And this is the solution to that. And this is what I'm pushing for. Do you ever see Space Camp? I did. Way back I did. when I, in the 80s. I love Leia so Thompson. Did, so did yeah, I. Yeah. yeah, so did I. Uh, Mrs. <laughs> Ryan went to uh, Space Camp. In I Florida. would have loved to have done that as so, a kid. Did you, so did you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. It was like, it was camp. I mean, I was away from home, but it was really neat. I was one of the kids that dreamed of going. Yeah. I would watch Double Dare or whatever the shows were where the grand prize was, you know, you get a trip to space camp. And it was like, man, they're in the stuff and the simulators and they get the flight suit and they sleep in the bunks and they eat the food. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. It, so the fact that you actually 
must have felt a little bit of that in your own world enough to go into it and accomplish all the things that you did. Um, I, I just think it's really neat. And I feel like, uh, again, we said in this at the beginning, but there's a great equalizer to space. And, and when you get outside of our little bubble, it's perspective, right? Zoom out far enough. All these little things we're worrying about, arguing about all the things. None Do of not it matters. Matter. Exactly. None of it matters. In, in fact, uh, these space telescopes that are being launched and these exoplanets that we're finding, it's just a matter of time until we find life. Yeah. And even if it's uh, algae that we find on some planet that off-gasses oxygen, that really should give us pause. It will be the greatest discovery of human history. Uh, yeah. I want to ask you about NASA to Hollywood because that's important to hit. Right. Um, I'm here pitching the Resolution movie, of course. And so I... Uh, Which is basically, this is a little bit of the story you told us here that's today. Correct. And further out on both sides. Yes. And uh, so I have this uh, this YouTube series I'm developing that should be out in like a week, I hope. Oh, that's Maybe soon? a little more, yes. Oh, I didn't realize that you were that close. And it's follow along as I come from NASA to Hollywood and compare and contrast and, you know, what happens when you introduce a NASA rogue element into Hollywood and we'll see. And, and do so, you consider yourself a NASA rogue element? Well, I am now. <laughs> Really? I, I think since I because sent of what you're saying. Since I sent a space shuttle against the railroad's orders to NASA, I, I think that the steal yeah, the deal. Yeah, <laughs> put you on the on the calendar anyway, right? Um, or on the map, whatever you get on when you do those things. Um, what about living entourage? When you're here in Los Angeles, you said you feel like you're living entourage. Minus what the cars, mean? the money, the women, the, <laughs> the, the houses, the yes, identical it's, otherwise. I, I, you had Jamie Lynn Siegler on here the other day, recently, which was yeah. fantastic, yeah, and, because great. I binge watch Entourage since I've been here, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I love Entourage, and yeah, it's a good show. and I since I was going to be here anyway, I thought, well, I might as well have the Hollywood experience, so I do background. Oh, no kidding! Just to kind you. of immerse myself in the culture and make contacts, and, great, and you're a fly on the I, wall guy too, so that's a great way to take it all yeah. in. And I, I've learned a lot doing that. And I've gained a lot of weight because of catering yep. and crafty. Yep, craft service. Uh, but I've worked with uh, some amazing people. I, I, just the other day, I worked with uh, Lisa Kudrow. Oh, no kidding. Love which, her. Which I shouldn't say. Which, what show, I won't say what, say what show that is because it hasn't aired. But I've been on the Orville as a alien. Cool. That was pretty cool. And they're filming Star Trek right now. So That's right. Yeah. The Picard. Picard one, yeah, right. Yeah. right. But uh, yeah, I like Reese Witherspoon and Jessica Alba, uh, Ted Danson, Kristen Bell. Renee Zellweger was the coolest person I've met since I've been here. No kidding. She was the nicest person. She stayed afterwards. There's an auditorium of people, and she just sat there. Anybody that wanted to come up and meet her would. Just she's as sweet as you would imagine her. That's awesome. That's just a wonderful person. There are so many things that we didn't really get to, to talk about. <laughs> but you're local now, right? You you live yes. in Los Angeles at least yes. for the time being. That's right. Would you come back sometime so that we can I would like to talk more certainly about what your cause is and why. But I would like to get into some of the more details, like maybe certain areas that sure, I Sure, I, I would love to. It's in. been a pleasure being here. And that this is David Letterman's desk. And, was, and we yeah. talked about this. I was at a Letterman show on New Year's During, when he was yes, using this. Yes. So uh, That, to me, is one of the coolest things. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, and then I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about one of my personal favorite movies. Have you ever seen the movie Tomorrowland? And what do you think if you have seen it? I did. There's no wrong answer, by the way. I, I did. I'm, I'm alone in that this is one of my favorite movies. I, I loved it. Yes. Uh it had that. It had the heart. That, it had what we both that, need. That dream, that childlike sense of wonder and, and idealism. Yes, exactly. Sure, that's interesting. I love yeah. it. It's one of those movies I recommend to anybody. Um, let's see, Chuck. Are you on social media? I am. Uh, you can see more about the story and look at pictures if you go to shuttleresolution.com. Okay. And I have the Chuck Ryan Jr. at Facebook and. Uh, resolution CMDR, I believe, at Instagram. Commander. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Awesome. And Twitter. Awesome. Love that. And then what other than, let's see, we've got next week, maybe, maybe we, in a week or two, we've got the NASA uh, to Hollywood, the show, right? YouTube? A couple of weeks. Give it a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, weeks yeah. on YouTube. Uh, and then what is your YouTube channel? 
Or is that just what it's called, NASA to Hollywood, the channel? Yes. That's how they find it. Well, and Chuck Ryan Jr. Chuck Ryan Jr. on YouTube. I'm sorry, did you just say that? I heard Instagram and Twitter and all the other ones. I didn't hear YouTube. Forgive yeah, me. Forgive I, I, me if you I'd have to look. It. I'm sorry. <laughs> to, to be <laughs> as honest. As long as we said it now. Right. As long as we're covered. Uh, Mrs. Ryan. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for being here, Chuck. We're Thank really you. It's it. so and nice I can't to wait meet you. It's been a privilege. Further, further. We're going to continue this. Uh, Mrs. Ryan, who do we have tomorrow? Oh, Bob Galoop. Galoop? Am I saying that right? I believe so. Comedian? Comedian actor. He's got a new show, too. Awesome. And then Thursday, we've got, uh, oh, there's a new restaurant in Los Angeles called Freeman's. And we've got the owner of that restaurant. It's a really hot spot in Silver Lake. Uh, the owner of that restaurant, Jonah Freeman, will be here. So that'll be really cool really on Thursday. Really excited. He's also a Porsche owner, so we're probably going to talk some Porsche stuff as well. Yeah, we see him on Friday sometimes. Yeah, at Breakfast Club. It's good stuff. Yeah. Chuck, we had, a, we had a blast talking to you, man. I can't wait to continue this further. I don't know what to make of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Well, feel? there's a there's a lot to it's a big story. It's yeah. a big story. It is, and I feel like we only we just got to it. You know what I'm saying? So next time maybe we'll just jump right in. Sure. Right. Whatever you whenever. <laughs> Mrs. Ryan, pleasure. I think we're all set. Cool. I love you so very much. Love you Chuck, too. we love you so very much. We love everybody at home. Please love one another and we will see you tomorrow.